Rich Davini, we are going to dive into figuring out Flocus. Flow and focus. So when you think about flow and the flow state, just, just talk to me what comes to your mind, what you have done personally, what you just like, I mean, for lack of a better question to ask, what does flow mean to you? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, flow, I think, I think for me, it means this state in, in which you are, uh, you are moving at a, um, at a level that is, uh, that is slightly, slightly in between conscious and unconscious, right? There's a, there's a, there's a level of, mo- <clears throat> of movement and action that does not require at least what, yeah. what is perceived to be, um, um, conscious thoughts and, um, and things seem to be, and, and time generally kind of slows down in those moments and things just to be, it seem, seem to be clicking in ways that they, uh, they often don't. I find the, I find the flow state to be highly elusive. Um, so yeah. Um, and I, I think I, there's probably some theories about, about that, about that, at least in my life. Um, but, uh, but it is when you can get into it, it's one of those things that when you're in it, it's, you are performing probably at the best you, you ever can. Um, uh, but as soon as you think about it, 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 it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. So you, but you only, only, you really only know you're in it after you were in it. Um, it's, it's almost difficult. Uh, I think it's somewhat difficult, if not impossible to, to know you're in it while you're in it, because as soon as you have that thought, Oh, I'm in flow, you, it leaves, you know, cause you've Super broken right. the train of, you've broken the train of consciousness or, or the, 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 the the train of consciousness and unconscious is kind of that, that sine wave that happens. <clears throat> so the keys are figuring out how to tap into it, then how to sustain it. Right. It just seems like it's always been just working with athletes too. And I know you're very well versed in this. It's just kind of like you say, Hey, get into the flow state, but don't really actually know what that means. Right. Talk to me about, is there a time that comes up in your mind of a time that you were in flow state that you can recall? Well, um, I think I've, I've, I've found it in different, in different environments. Um, uh, I'd have to really think about whether or not it happened when I was a Navy SEAL in that environment. And I'd, we can get into why I think that I think certain environments are more, uh, are more indicative yeah, of flow states totally. than others. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I know in, I've, I've been in flow states while writing before. I mean, I've gotten into, you know, into writing mm-hmm. where. I'm just going, going, going. And then before I know it, I have, you know, you know, 15, 20,000 words and I'm like, Whoa, what, what the heck just happened there? You know? And so, and then sure. you come out of it. So, so those are probably the most poignant moments I can kind of think of. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, again, for me, it's quite elusive, but I think that's also because most of my life is centered around, uh, this idea of, um, of, operating in uncertainty challenge and stress typically you know, most most specifically uncertainty and um and my theory is uh, yet yet proven <laughs> yet unproven or, or yeah so far unproven um but my theory is it's very difficult if not impossible to get into flow states in uncertainty um and the reason is because i think one of the requirements for slow for a flow state is is at least some level of mastery in whatever your flow stating in, whether it's skiing, um, basketball, writing, um, shooting, whatever that is, there has to be some level of mastery, i.e. unconscious competence mm-hmm. um, involved in 
what activity is involved in the, in the flow state. And so when, when you are navigating uncertainty and chaos, your primary role is to figure out the environment before you can actually choose an action. Um, and so I think that's, that's, it becomes very difficult. And that's kind of where I've centered my, my life, my research, my writings, uh, most yeah. of my career. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, jumping into uncertainty, what's going on here? So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. I mean, there has to be a level of mastery. You can't have uncertainty. Talk to me about environment that you talked about. Do you think there's a ideal environment or do you set your own environment? Because it has to play a huge role. I would, I would guess, and I think the experts would be better to ask, but I would guess that the environment is more a mental one than a physical one or, or, a, sure. or an external one. It's more of an internal environment than it is an external environment. Um, and, and in saying that, my my thought is that it it can happen in any environment if there is if there is an assemblance of certainty around that environment. Again, so if you so if you drop into an environment and you just literally don't know what's going on, I mean, it's complete chaos. Uh, flow state will be elusive at that point because mm-hmm. you, you need to figure it out. But you could be in an environment on a on an athletic field. You could be in an environment. Um, uh, you know, writing, you could be in an environment, I, I, I would, I would assume there's certain, even some combat, um, environments that because of the familiarity with, with, um, with at least the shooting and moving parts that, that guys can drop into flow stage, which I've heard, you know, I've heard some guys have, you know? Um, so I think, I think environment is, is, uh, is changeable, um, but I think the internal environment has to, yeah, there has to yeah. be some sort of steadiness, some sort of routine or routinized effect by the internal environment. It would be my, good. Would be yeah. my theory. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're actually right. And we're kind of just, for everybody listening, we're kind of just breaking this down together and trying to figure this thing out together right here, right now. What do you think the difference between focus is to you? Because flow and focus are very different. Now, when you're thinking like you're focusing, do you think that is completely different? Do you think there's same principles? What do you think about when you think about focus? So, so what I've noticed, so the way I break down performance um, in most endeavors, uh, but I'll just use my SEAL endeavor. I'll, I'll use yeah. the SEAL environment because that's the most I'm familiar with, right? Is, is there's a, there's a, there's this, um, a pattern of of actions and thinking that goes on and and it has to do and i talk about this even in the attributes it has to do with these mental acuity attributes i talk about the first is situation mm-hmm. awareness which is which is your ability to understand and recognize what's in your environment okay so that's so that, so part one is i am i am in an environment and i'm noticing things about my environment i'm recognizing things about my environment um part two is compartmentalization which is okay now that i have recognized some things about my environment um, I can I can understand the task or objective at hand. I can prioritize the things in my environment in the in the sense of what's the most important to to fulfill the task at hand, and then I can focus in on that top thing um, and block out everything else. So uh, so that I can until I can complete that top thing. Okay, hmm. so that's important. Yep. So yep. the focus piece is I'm focusing into that thing and blocking out everything else. However. I think that um, that true flow states add in the next element, which is task switching. Okay, it That's actually good. adds in yeah. task switching and, envir- and uh, situation awareness. Task switching is my ability to shift my focus between categories and context. So I'm going, I'm, I'm in a focus thing, and I shift my focus to something else. That could be um, I'm driving my car, and I'm. It could be internal to a to a uh, to a category inside of a uh, inside of a category. Let's say driving context would be my car. 
Um, and I'm, I'm focused on my steering and then I focus, I shift my focus to my shifting and then I maybe I shift my focus to my braking and then I shift my focus to my radio. That's assuming you are, um, you are consciously thinking about that stuff. Most of us have, have, have achieved unconscious competence, but there is still mm-hmm. a shift in mm-hmm. focus. So that's task switching. Now I think what flow state represents oftentimes is a very, very rapid and smooth synergy between those elements. In other words, um, in a flow state, I believe what's happening mentally, and, and, and this is why it, it, you're kind of doing it without thinking, is you are taking in your environment, you are immediately you are immediately prioritizing and focusing on whatever it is you need to focus on in the moment, and then you are maintaining a level of awareness so that as soon as you either you complete the task, you can shift your focus to the next priority, mm. or if a priority interrupts, if a priority suddenly interrupts the task you're in, and it's a, and a, it, it's a higher priority, you shift mm-hmm. to that, right? So you may not complete the task you're focused on because another priority may come in and and um, and uh, come in above, uh, out, out, outweigh the the priority you were just focusing on. So I think I would say that flow state in my in my in my experience, or just kind of from my understanding of the way our brain works, is this this real kind of um, uh, synergy and smooth transition between. I'm out here. I'm focused. I'm switching. I'm out here again. I'm focused. I'm switching, and it's it's happening in a in such a rapid manner that we are not necessarily having to put conscious thought into it. Uh, this is why sure, in yeah. uncertain environments uh, it's difficult to get into flow states because in uncertain environments you have to put conscious thought into this mental process. So, in other words, you're looking at your, in an uncertain environment, one of chaos or complexity. You're looking at you're you're noticing things. You're saying, okay, what can I control right now? And what can I prioritize? Okay, I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to do that mm. until completion, or I'm going to maintain this awareness of something else coming in. Right? There's more conscious thought required in an uncertain environment um, than, say, a so an athletic field. And, and again, this is why unconscious competence is required. I think um, in true flow states, um, it's this. And again, unconscious competence for the for the uh, 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 for the viewers. I don't know if it, well, let me just lay it out for the viewer for the for the listeners just so they have you have you have you have four levels of, 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 of skill acquisition, right? You have um, unconscious incompetence. This is, I don't know how bad I am. You have conscious incompetence. Now I know how bad I am. You have conscious competence. I'm getting better. I'm pretty good, but I have to think about it. And then you have unconscious competence. I no longer have to think about it. So there was a real quick example. Yeah. This is when my dad was teaching me how to drive a stick shift car, right? When my dad said, hey, we're going to go to the parking lot first time. We're going to drive the stick shift car. I was unconsciously incompetent. I was like, awesome. This is going to be great. I'm going to be totally good at this, right? As soon as I get in that car and I try driving that stick shift car and I pop the clutch and the thing stalls and all that stuff, I realize very quickly I moved to unconscious or I moved to conscious incompetence. <laughs> now I know about, know exactly how bad I am. Um, and my dad, that's why my dad keeps me in the parking lot right now because he's, he's helping me because now I'm not, even, I'm not even looking out the window. I'm just looking at my leg. I'm looking at my shit, my feet, and I'm looking at the shit, the gear shifter. And as I'm working that, and I start to embody that a little bit more, I start to bridge into conscious competence. I, I'm getting better, but I have to think about what I'm doing. You know, I can no mm-hmm. longer, mm-hmm. I, I have to still look, I have to, you know, kind of take a glance at the gear shifter. I might have to look at my feet, but now I can look out the window a little bit. So dad can take me on the back roads and I can start doing a little bit more advanced driving until he feels comfortable and he feels like I'm at a unconscious competence level where I can actually drive on the city streets. And now I no longer have to look at my hands on the gear shifter. I don't have to look at my feet, right? I am unconsciously, in, I am unconsciously competent 
in the act of driving, and therefore every all of my focus can be out in the world, um, mm. and I can I can now adjust to the world around me. Um, and so I think that I think that flow, true flow states, and the ones you achieve often can be uh, are, are much more achievable when you have a level of what you're doing at the unconscious competence, which is why athletes can probably hit it a lot yeah. more rapidly than maybe Navy SEALs, um, because their environments are a lot more certain than a Navy SEALs environment. Yeah. Quick 20 second timeout in the podcast. I have to tell you what I am currently doing in my diet and my nutrition that I'm just, you know what, I'm obsessed about it. I really am. Maui Nui venison. It is the best venison, high protein, sustainably sourced. Check this out. So Maui Nui venison, they come from the Axis deer in Maui, and they are packed with protein. In 55 calories, you get 10 grams of protein. And you know how important protein is, and you know I'm trying to pack it on, add some muscle, and this is my go-to. You can get the venison jerky, the ground meat, the sirloins, the steaks, the bone broth, the organs even, the list goes on and on. Maui Nui venison. And that is Maui, M-A-U-I, Nui, N-U-I, venison, V-E-N-I-S-O-N.com. And what they are doing for my listeners alone of giving 20% off code NURSE at checkout for 20% off your order of Maui Nui venison. Get your protein on. Oh my gosh, you are going to thank me for this. And there is a code and a link in the show notes, MauiNuiVenison.com, nurse for 20% off. Go check it out. See, that's a beautiful analogy. That's a great, great word picture you just played out there. And hmm. that is the, I mean, that's a good point. Like uncertain environments, you probably can't have flow state, can you? Because it is just the it's release tough. of, it's the release yeah. of any thinking, really. And if you have an uncertain environment, you just, you have to think. You probably can't. That's a good point. I never really thought of that. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you why do you think the mind when it realizes it's in flow? Why do you think it kicks it out? Because you're introducing conscious thought. I think I, my uh, sense is, and, and yeah. guys like guys like Stephen Kotler and 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 um, and uh, neuroscientists, any other neuroscientists, I think who, who study this, I think will agree or verify that when you're in a flow state, you're 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 bridging this conscious unconscious barrier. So you're kind of in that, that medial state of, mm-hmm. of acting without thinking. You're just moving. And so, uh, which is really a great place to be because you're, that's why you can go faster than, than normal um, and, and perform sometimes better than normal. But as soon as you introduce a conscious thought that interrupts that, that no, no pun intended, flow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so yeah, totally. I think, yeah. That's why, I think that's why it happens. And that's why we recognize it after the fact. We really don't recognize it necessarily in the fact. Hmm. It's really good. Um, hmm. Do you think there's any best practices? So obviously, I mean, deep practice where an athlete, and I'm just taking an athlete as an example, deep practice. So you can just really just get it completely muscle memory and practicing at a hyperspeed overtraining type, not overtraining, but overspeed type of practice. Novelty moments. I feel like continuing to have different novelty moments are important where it's almost your and this is what George Mumford, Kobe and Jordan's mindset coach was telling me where they would just try to create new moments and practices so that they became almost this uncomfortability, creativeness that they had of pushing this proverbial ceiling, even though they they'd done it a million times before. 
I don't know. Do you think there's anything to creating your own novelty moments? I'm just trying to think of like, I'm just thinking out loud here of what types of things people can be practicing to be able to get into a better setup to tap into flow state. I don't know if there's an actual switch you'd be able to hit, but I think you can set yourself up for more flow state opportunities. Well, I would say that the the folks who who are into this would would say that you you absolutely can. Um, now now the the things you need I I wouldn't be able to quote here. Although I do I do I do know that one of them are are triggers. You can you can actually yeah. introduce triggers um, that that change your state, get you into uh, at least one of the pieces of getting into a, a flow state. Um, I think I think one of the typical uh, um, uh, areas of flow happens and this might this might speak to the novel uh the novelty piece i'm not sure if it does but but one of the the things you need to trigger or the, the environments you need to trigger um or the stage you need to trigger are uh is this idea that you are you are doing something that you have again unconscious competence in holistically mm-hmm. however you're doing it that you're doing it at a, at a level that's slightly difficult, right? So it's not too easy to be boring, but it's not too hard to be debilitating. Um, and somewhere in that zone is where, as I understand it, flow states yeah. typically show up the most um, is in that zone. So that might be the novelty is you're pushing yourself just slightly to a, a level of difficulty. And so, you know, the other place I just realized that I've, I've felt slow states is, is playing video games sometimes. Now, I'm, not, I'm not a big oh, video yeah. gamer. Good but, point, um, man. But, in, and honestly, to be honest with you, I, I play video games a lot more as a younger as a younger man than I do now. So the, so the video games I played were like Mario and things like that on, on, on Super Nintendo and things like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But, um, but I do remember there were times where you just get, you'd get so into the game and you'd almost lose yourself and you'd find yourself kind of just operating and performing in that game in a in somewhat of a flow state and um and it and you couldn't get into those states at the very easy levels right you could only get in those states as you kind of got into the harder more mm. difficult levels um so it was it was good actually a a good uh um laboratory inside of which uh you could see yeah. some of the stuff i'm 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 quite certain there are video gamers out there who would say they get into flow pretty often yeah. yeah, I need to talk to a gamer. I need to find a good yeah. gamer. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I think you did hit the nail on the head, though, of the uncompetent confidence at the slightly higher level. That is the novelty moments that you're because you have to have that type of uncompetent, uncon sorry, unconscious competence. Not the yeah. a lot of uns, a lot of ins, a lot of yeah, competence yeah, and of... confidence and consciousness. <laughs> How do you think this right, relates? It's even to... harder to spell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trust me, I, I'm typing these out. Every single one of them has the red line the underneath. Red line, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, how do you think this relates in the in the Navy SEAL world? Is there any type of I know you, you said like it's it's hard with different environments that are uncertain. Is there any type of thing that is taught in in Navy SEALs to I mean, I mean maybe not flow state, but just the highest performance? Yeah, I mean you're you're certainly not t- taught flow state, but what you what you try to do is is understand and achieve as close to unco- unconscious competence in certain skill areas. So, so one of the things, or three, uh, there are three, three things, three very basic things that Navy SEALs or any spec ops unit has to understand and, and, and really master. And that are a shoot, move, and communicate in any environment. How can I shoot, move, and communicate, right? So 
So, so those three are very elemental skills that you practice over and over and over and over again so that you don't have to think about it when you do it. And that allows you to free up your conscious mind to deal with, like, it's kind of like driving Ooh. a stick in the car. If yeah. I don't have to deal, if I don't have to worry about thinking about put, drawing my weapon, aiming my weapon, reloading my weapon, whatever that is, right? It's kind of like what I just did in the stick shift car. I don't have to worry about shifting gears. I can completely focus on what's out here and everything else is automatic. And so, so this comes, this comes into, uh, into play. Um, I think the most, the most viscerally, um, in the close quarter combat environment at the very high levels. Close quarter combat, for again, for your audience, is the act and art of going into a building or room and clearing that building or room, whether you're looking for a bad guy or in some, in, in our case, in, in the unit I was in and, and, and some other kind of specialized units it's, to rescue a hostage, right? And this and this level of going room to room, it's almost, a, it's almost it can almost look like a choreographed dance, but it's not. It's, it's a complete and utter... Um, reactive and adaptive ever-changing yeah. um thing and so and so the example so people who, who are listening may have uh may have seen tv and movie uh tv and movies with guys you know clearing buildings and they'll, they'll they'll notice that there might be four guys stacked at the door and then they'll blow the door and they'll all go in and and when they go in you know number one man peels right number two man peels left number three man peels right so you, you're kind of doing the opposite well what happens is once you get in that room um, you now immediately assess the, the room and the threats. You, you, you take care of the immediate threats. Um, if they're bad guys, you shoot them or whatever. But then you, have to, then you have to examine and assess the room for the next threat. What's the next most threatening thing? Oftentimes in a building like that, it's the next door, right? Mm -hmm. That's the next mm -hmm. threat. Well, that door might be closest to the number four man, which means the number four man becomes the number one man. Um, and moves to that and everybody falls mm -hmm. in. So, so mm -hmm. this is a dance that goes on throughout a whole clearance. And, 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 and so you can be, you can start as the number one man at the beginning of a, of a, of a clearance and you might never hit the number one man position again. You're just completely, or you might hit it three times or four times. It's, and you could do the same run over and over again and start as the number one man. You never know how that's hmm. going to go because it's all a reactive state. And so, so all this to say you are, you're 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 dancing in this very kinetic and in some cases uncertain environment, but there you've created certainty around the things you are doing. In other words, the basics of I don't have to think about when I'm going to a room, I don't have to yeah. think about how I'm drawing my weapon. I don't have to think yeah. about taking my weapon off of safe. I don't have to think about, you know, put, you know uh, putting my weapon up in a position where I can actually aim it. My weapon goes immediately up to position of aiming. So so you. And then, and then the communication in there is also done without thinking. You just, you just, you're so good at it. So I think, I think in the SEAL world, um, the uh, we are we train and encourage ourselves to get to a, a level of unconscious competence in the basics: shoot, move, and communicate, so that we may, we may, we may implement those basics in any environment. Um, and that's and, and depending on the environment now you could find yourself in flow states if the environment is uh is is requiring those types of of um of activities if that makes sense you know that feeling when you are just recharged you don't have any sickness no ailments you have full optimal energy you are functioning at your highest level you want to recreate that yeah sure you do i do we all do and then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. 
hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E, health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, the hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this. It places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber, HBOT, from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E Health.com. Message me separately, too, if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Total sense, man. That's so good. The shoot, move, and communicate. When you, So, like... And here's what I'm thinking too, when I can think of basketball or even surfing. So no, when taking surfing lessons, I had to get the three main things down. You got to push up, you got to turn, and you got to look straight ahead, not down. And those three things like were really hard to do yeah. until you just rep them out, rep them out, rep them out, rep them out, and create like finding the best wave. So trying to replicate this best wave that's coming in. Now I'm not a surfer at all, but I've taken a few lessons. And I was able to get up, but it is that mastering of those three steps. It's mastering the shoot, move, and communicate. So now you can build up everything else on it. It's the mastering, the ball handling, the shooting, the footwork. So now you can start building all kinds of crazy stuff upon that. Yeah. So there probably yeah. is, I mean, there definitely is something to that, that you have to just have those skills. So these just three basic skills or um, amount of basic skills so, to amount, be able to yeah, build. Yeah. And then yeah. I think also here's a here's a kind of cool thing that we can throw on the table because you know again, mm. you're 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 in the sports world and I've thought about sports quite a bit when it comes to flow because there is group flow right you know I mean that group flow exists mm -hmm. um, and um, mm -hmm. in fact you know my buddy Kotler and and Jamie Will wrote a book called Stealing Fire about that which you know I'm I'm in the first chapter you you, you and I have talked about this right we talk about this yep. CQC stuff. Um, so group flow exists. And and what, what occurred to me, and, and again, this is a theory, all right, so I'm not going to, I don't want <laughs> to get anybody all riled up here, but what occurred to me is that the, those those sports that are uh, team-oriented and more dynamic are often, I think, the sports that you could get flow in a lot faster. And so here's, and I, and I think part of that's defined by where the game is played. And so here's the example. Like hockey, I think, mm -hmm. is one of the most perfect examples of this because hockey is hockey is one of the best examples of a sport where the game is almost everywhere but the actual puck <laughs> the puck you know the, the, the game is everywhere on that ice you know and and, totally. and you are it's a game of deep understanding anticipation uh reaction but also reading ahead and, and kind of movement and placement and it's constantly moving in fact one of the reasons why i love ice hockey is just because it's it's never stops. It's just a, it's just a complete utter dance in my mind. I think it's just so cool. 
Um, but you see, you find the same thing, I think, in basketball. You find the same thing in football to an extent, right? Um, but but football mm-hmm. is a little bit more staccato. Uh, but you could you could make an argument that you know in basketball and hockey, definitely the game is not necessarily where the ball is. All right, now take a sport like golf or baseball. Okay, in golf and baseball, the game is where the ball is, right? And so so when the game is is always where the ball is, um, I think you may find it a little bit more difficult to get into group flow states because there's not you know yeah you can make an argument with anticipation and things like that, but it's not it's not as dynamic as say a hockey or a basketball court. So, yeah. so the flow states wow. you get into, I think on those types of sports are much more individual flow states. Um, and the flow states you get into for like basketball and hockey have to be more group flow states, which means this, this shoot, move, communicate theory is much more applicable to say a, a hockey rink or a basketball court than it might be uh, on a golf course or a, or a baseball field. Right. So and again, that's not a bust on on any of those sports. It's just it's just kind of my some of my deep thinking on, on where I think where that's spot on, yeah. Occurs, you know, yeah, I think that's really it's really good. I I actually hadn't really thought of that. Like the the team sports, the team flow is more important than the individual flow for sure. Because you could be in your own flow state and not see the ball, or no one sets you a screen or something that you just. I mean, you just basically ostracized from the game and you're no longer going to be in flow it doesn't matter yeah you interesting man you have to be connected with you have each to other. be connected um, yeah that's in, good. Uh, in some of those sports whereas i whereas again i don't want any ball players to or to, to get all mad but it seems to me that you don't have to be as connected on a on a baseball field as you do yeah. on a hockey no. rink or and, and and again i i, I mean just again there's no bus but energetically that 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 plays out that's why you can play you can play three baseball games in a row in one day because energetically it's not as demanding because when you have to be a, when you have to be connected in a flow state um, to, to everybody around you at all times at every second of the game, it is very energetically demanding, which is why you can't yeah. necessarily play, a, you know, you can't do a double header hockey game. That's really tough <laughs> or a double header <laughs> uh, basketball or football game. Those are tough to do. Um, but, uh, but again, the flow States I would believe, or I would anticipate or guess that baseball players reach are much more individually focused. Um, mm-hmm. And same with golfers or bowlers or any of these individual sports. Um, but even take a sport like rowing. I mean, that's a, that's a great example of a team sport that requires a level of flow because if you're even off by a, by a, a millisecond in terms of your pacing or your, your, your rowing or whatever, you're going to throw the whole team off. So there's a, so, so in, in some cases, rowing <laughs> might be even a more mm-hmm. uh, yeah, important area for flow than, than even say hockey or, or basketball. It's, I don't know. It's all fascinating to me. It is really fascinating. I mean, you're opening up different thoughts I'd never even had before because you're right. Like baseball is a start and stop game. The only way you could probably get into flow state is if you're a pitcher and you're not like you, you, have an at bat you wait 45 minutes till your next at bat but the rowing example is great because you do have to be in sync with everything man you are a wealth of knowledge rich this is so good is <laughs> i don't know oh i think my i'm more gosh. Of, I'm a wealth of more questions <laughs> you are you're opening my eyes to things i hadn't even thought about i mean just this all of this is so good man is there anything that comes to your mind that i'm not asking anything about flow or focus that like and, you know, I know I need to get more into just like studying the brain and the beta, theta, low beta, alpha waves and figuring yeah, out what I that don't know. looks I think, like. But I, I think I, I think you have the capacity to do this because you're you're so you're incredibly intelligent and a phenomenal writer. Um, I think it's going to be man. 
it, it would be important to highlight as we talk about focus, um, some of the distinctions between flow focus and how mm. some are useful. Some are sometimes some some things are useful. Sometimes some things aren't as useful. Um, and sometimes sometimes deep focus is what you need. Um, and I guess I mean it could be argued that there are flow states even in that, but. But I think mm-hmm. making some of those distinctions for people, because I think what happens a lot of people to a lot of people is they hear something like flow, they get really seduced by that concept. And they're like, yeah. I want to get flow all the time. I remember when I first read about flow it was Stephen Kotler's Rise of Superman book. Yeah. And that's how I, I, I reached out and became friends. I was yeah. like, I got to meet this guy. Right. And so um, but I remember first getting introduced to it. I was like, oh, my God, how can I get this everywhere all the time? And and of course, I was under the delusion that it could happen everywhere all the time. But I also was under a little bit of a delusion that it needed to happen all the time. And that's just not yeah, the case either. They, point, flow states, I think, are a gift that you can get once in a while. If you mm-hmm. can figure out a way to hack into them a few a little a little bit more often, that's cr- really cool. But um, but ultimately, uh, you know, performance is performance and you don't have to be a, in a flow state to perform. Uh, often, yeah, totally. You know? so, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. Like you don't want it to happen all the time. Then there is no novelty to it if you are in flow state all the time. And I think the whole point of this too, I'm glad you, you highlighted that, the distinctions between the two. That is, it's just really like hack into it a little more often. Give yourself yeah. a little bit more of a chance and make it last a little bit longer. That's really the name of the game that I'm looking for here. Dude, this is so good, Rich. Like, Thanks for being a sounding board for me. And Dude, if they, I, love our, I love our conversations. I always have. So, yeah, it's great. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm excited to write this. I'm just so like, this is so helpful because I don't really know the exact direction I want to take it other than having these type of interviews and having these type of conversations with people like you and, and these athletes to see what's going on in their mind. Like, I have an idea, but I mean, even just this is open. like now I know I have to do a lot more in in group flow i wasn't even thinking group flow but that's a huge part of it yeah yeah well so uh, so, yeah, so uh, again kotler's book rise of superman a lot about individual flow uh stealing fire yeah. was more about group flow so those are some distinctions um i do think i'm excited for you to to begin writing i know we, we we can we can collaborate we can talk my next book that i'm doing is is called masters of uncertainty and so i'm going to talk about awesome how you can be how you can actually what what, what do you need to understand uh, process wise to actually become more of a master of uncertainty and one of the one of the main points is forget about flow. <laughs> you know, it's a mastering yeah. uncertainty is not about <laughs> flow. It's not even not about, about skills. Flow. It's about, it's about working through a process so that you understand as soon as chaos and complexity hits, hmm. you know exactly what to do, what to think, but you're going to be working through it the whole time. So, but I think there's a, Dude. there's a cool dichotomy there that we can, we will be able to have some, some nice juicy conversations about. So totally, man, you know how valuable that is like when for companies, I mean, every company that I speak to, yeah. talk to them like their fear is well it's we don't know what's going to happen we are uncertain yeah so if you can master the uncertainty yeah every company in the world is going to want to bring you in <laughs> well, it's going to be a it's going to be an awesome <laughs> awesome book dude attributes is still one of my favorite books of all time <laughs> well I seriously it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah yeah I, I would love to have that conversation with you about I mean, anything that I can do to help in, in that realm or any connections of people that you want to talk to in that realm, too. Yeah, we will. We'll, well, it's all it's all it's all it's all coming together. We will intersect um, many, many times as we move forward. So, 
Yep. And someday, someday we're going to consult for a company or a sports team together. Oh yeah, so that's a goal. That's a goal. So which means it's yeah, gonna happen, so <laughs> it does. I think we need, just need to be in person sometime where we just right. map out the game plan for it. Well, you and I need to scale our businesses a little bit better, so we actually have some a little bit of free time, so we can actually find find the space. Right. That's that's an, that's one of the goals as well. So, dude, yeah. Are you like are you trying to make sure that you get off the road a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, we're at the point where I'm I'm starting to look into my wife and I. We're starting to look into okay, what can we start to train people to do this, to do mm-hmm. what I do? Um, because I can't scale me, um, and nope. um, and and I can't help enough people with just one person. So uh, so I think once we get that locked in, and we start we start cracking that nut to a degree that the quality doesn't suffer. Um, uh, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna start to offer opportunity for scale and for you know to, for peeling back a little bit. Um, but you know, listen, you're on the you know it as well as I do. I, you know, you, you you do what you need to do, and you're happy and grateful. I, I feel like mm-hmm. you know a lot of times I relate. I'm, I just turned fifty, and I just you know, and I feel like I just graduated SEAL training, and I'm at the beginning of my Navy SEAL career, where you're just like, oh my god. I mean, the the there's so much potential. I don't know what's going to go on. I'm just excited. I'm working my ass off, but it's it's mm-hmm. exciting because you you have that potential in front of you. So uh, so it keeps you young, man. Yeah, totally, dude. And that's what makes it fun. It is the exhilarating journey of constant growth and constant learning. And it, yeah, I mean, it's you're right. It's such a blessing to be able to do all this and speak to these companies and travel and stuff like that. But it's also the, okay, you find that you, you, in balance is a, is a weird word, but it is that kind of rhythm and balance that you can have to create more margins, I guess. Yeah. But then if you create too much mar- too many margins, then you're going to be bored and you're going to be miserable. If you have well, that's not enough yeah, margins. Gonna, I mean, there'll always be that, that people, people that. like us will always have the next thing. The, yeah. the goal is to make sure every time you're picking the next thing, it's exactly what you want to do. Um, and totally. so, so if you're doing that, then you're, you're, you're winning. 